um so see i'm i'm obinesh um uh people also call me ak um you know for those people who find it hard to call me obinesh uh, ak mm-hmm. is uh, i'm also known as ak okay um um yeah and for work uh, i i work as a product owner in um, a company called delta tree so mm-hmm. it's a software as a service provider that works in the sports and entertainment industry um our clients are also behind you know the world cup champions league mm-hmm. so we we do have quite some exciting clients with really exciting um you know really well known events like the world cup right so um that's the company i work for it's called mm-hmm. delta tree and uh, personally i'm also uh, working on a company called uh, upeksha along uh-huh. with uh, my my friend sunana mm-hmm. so we are building this life coaching business on the side um uh, with the aim of uh, you know this uh creating a happier healthier society where you know talking mm-hmm. about uh spirituality talking about uh you know anything you know on your mind that helps you become a happier person a, a person more in peace than happiness because i mm-hmm. guess happy happiness is probably not the best word Subjective. maybe it depends upon the person yeah so being at peace and being you know uh spiritually and mentally in a good place uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, our aim you know just making a world uh, where people uh, have you know a lot of uh, peace in terms of how they feel so that's that's the aim we have with the company mm-hmm. so we're also working on that on the on the side as well so it's it's been quite a lot of things going on at the same time that's nice to know bro that's nice to know we'll talk more about that later on but let's start with your international student journey here in australia like we love to hear about what students experiences they have had being an international student here in australia and some of the things that you have learned are some of the things that you would like to share with anyone else let's hear that uh, um so my journey i i came to australia um in 2014 mm-hmm. um I think it was right after my birthday so I just wanted to celebrate my birthday uh before I came to Australia because I knew mm-hmm. life here when I was studying was going to be super hard and um it, it did uh, turn out to be quite uh, tough in the first few years because I had to study I had to work so you know that uh that balance of work uh and education at at the same time also trying to keep up you know Mm. with your friends uh maintaining a social life because uh you know when you're in that age uh, you also want to be able to uh maintain your social life right so mm, just, exactly uh, trying to balance all of that it's really hard as an international student right so uh it, it was uh, a tough couple of years but mm-hmm. you know i think uh, those years uh, are what uh, really built uh, my resilience and i think those years are what uh, really shaped me into the person uh, i am right now which mm. i'm really proud of right so um, you know i i studied it um, in australian catholic university um, so i did a bachelor's degree there uh, and uh, it was uh, it was fun um, I, i really you know enjoy um, I, i love computers i love mm-hmm. uh, technology it was a good course uh, but i i did feel like you know i didn't learn a lot at the university sadly mm-hmm. i just felt like you know there was a lot of reliance on the student to do everything themselves with mm-hmm. the course not being that structured as well mm-hmm. uh, so i did find that about uh, the course and the university maybe it's just uh, because uh, australian catholic universities are you know predominantly mm-hmm. a uh, you know nursing kind of university where people mostly okay. go to study nursing right so uh, that's probably why it uh, wasn't uh, the best university for um studying it mm. but you know that's what i got uh, signed up when i came from nepal um so it was uh, i like the the thing i was studying but not uh, as much the way it was structured in the university mm-hmm. 
but but regardless you know i i did uh, put a lot of effort myself to learn things and yeah. uh, at the same time uh, i was uh, also doing different kind of uh, jobs mm. uh, you know i i did um, i worked at fast food i did uh, cleaning uh, work as well mm. and right about the time when i was about to finish my study mm-hmm. i started applying for jobs mm. um because i i knew i didn't want to be you know working in uh, the fast food industry right like i'm not uh, thinking of uh, fast food industry as something uh, mm-hmm. no one should be working on i just uh, felt for me it's not something i preferred mm-hmm. so as soon as i was about to finish my studies i knew i had to apply for uh, jobs that i uh, actually you know wanted to uh, do in terms of uh, the, the studies i had finished right so mm-hmm. i wanted to find a technology job and i i applied for quite uh, a lot of jobs uh, i think i at one point i was uh, you know i had no jobs and all i was mm-hmm. doing from the morning till the evening was uh, you know applying for jobs right and mm-hmm. i think i probably had uh, 15 to 20 interviews Mm-hmm. um i went uh i went to quite a few places and i went through uh quite a, uh, some rounds uh with a lot of uh, the companies as well and mm-hmm. i think uh i i realized that that you know it's it's really hard to get your first job right because yeah uh everyone wants you to have experience but no one wants to give you a job <clears throat> and you know help you get that experience right so Yeah, that's the kind of loophole uh, we are was, always trapped in. It's it's kind of funny. So that was that was really uh, annoying, uh, and I guess uh, it was also something that uh, you know was really hard for me uh, at that point in time to process. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, but how, but how long know, was it before you got like your IT job? So it took me maybe two, two and a half, three months. Okay. So it wasn't strictly, you know, just an IT job. The first one I got, uh, mm-hmm. you know, right uh, after my university. So the the first job I got after my university, it was uh, I worked uh, for a pharmacy mm-hmm. to help them, uh, you know, manage their online store. So mm-hmm. I worked as a e-commerce coordinator. So, okay. um, you know, managing their website, uh, managing. their ebay store as well um, managing everything related to uh, their uh, online store that was uh, predominantly what i did and uh, it, it was it was a good change because uh, it was you know a, a lot of responsibility for me and mm. uh, there was you know an element of uh, you know using uh, everything i had studied as well um, mm-hmm. i also helped uh, these guys create a, a website on shopify as well uh, so mm-hmm. that that was also a really proud moment for me um, you know this setting up uh, an online store even though you know they had another store which uh, wasn't very intuitive but apparently they had paid a lot of money for that right mm-hmm. but uh, i i you know thought you know it wasn't the best uh, website and it wasn't really easy to maintain and none of the people who worked there really knew how to Mm. operate that side so i just talked to the owner and i'm like oh maybe you know i know how to uh you know build websites on shopify so maybe i'll just give it a try mm. you let me know how you think uh, about this and then i started uh you know making that website and uh you know slow, slowly i started uh, you know showing him what it was looking like uh, the owner mm. and he quite quite liked how it looked and at the end you know uh we started using that website over the website they previously had so that that was uh that was a big win for me and um, also you know uh when i stepped in right uh, their ebay um, store it was uh, mm-hmm. actually losing money so you know what uh, these people didn't realize was uh, ebay charges you know 10 to 12% fees on uh, everything they sell right So what they were doing was they were selling things barely just at the cost price, right? Mm. Because they didn't factor in the eBay prices, eBay commissions. So once uh, you know they started calculating um, the uh, income and the outflows, they started understanding that they were in like a twenty percent loss mm. uh, over the last uh, three months. And uh, what happened after that was we started jacking the prices up. and uh 
you know, we lost quite a lot of sales, right? Mm. And uh, a lot of people left. So I also worked with the owner to again, get the revenues up. And I think I remember there was a, a, a couple of months before I left where the revenue was, you know, up by 300% mm. uh, on a monthly basis. So being able to uh, help uh, the company through that, I think that gave me a lot of confidence. That was a then, moment. Uh, it was a proud moment. Yes. And yeah. I think build a lot of confidence in me as well uh, mm-hmm. about my professional uh you know expertise about the things uh i i could do i think it made mm. me believe in myself so that, that that was a really good experience so was this like while you were studying your course or is it after your studies it was just after i finished my studies finish your studies okay cool so looking back at these like what five six years now or seven actually you came in 14 right yes so almost six seven years now what is something that you have learned so far or what is something that had changed in you compared to what it was before um i'd say this there's a lot of things you know that have changed uh, mm-hmm. but one thing that probably stands out the most is you know the fact that i wasn't very uh you know social i didn't really uh like talking to people a lot um mm. you know before i came to australia uh, probably because i didn't have to make you know a lot of connections uh but you know once i've ca- I come to australia once i've spent a couple of years here, I, i quickly realized that you know mm-hmm. i i have to start making connections i have to start talking to people because i have to be able to trust uh, people right and the only way to build trust is to uh, communicate with people and uh, mm. you know build relationships right so I think I've I've gotten a lot better at building relationships and uh this uh you know I probably become a lot more social than I ever was so that's probably the biggest change uh in a positive way as well. Mm. Yeah, you find it much more effe- effective or it's essential kind of you know like being here networking knowing more people because it's it's different out here compared to what we used to have back home where either if we have a degree or if we had like proper we knew people that was one of the thing because we were born there our parents were born there so we knew people so somehow out there it was kind of much easier in a sense to find jobs or to know like know about things without even knowing people but when you come to a place like australia i think networking is very very essential that's also something that i've learned after coming here only you know like how much you need people because that's how you grow that's how you know about a lot of things you know if you are around the right kinds of people then that helps you with your career or with your business you know absolutely uh, <clears throat> i think exactly like you said right i think the fact that i knew people back home i had my you know family i didn't really need to socialize as much mm. uh, but you know starting off in australia I didn't really know a lot of people. Um I had a few relatives. I didn't really have any friends. Mm. So uh, I had to push myself to get to know more people, right? Because you can't really survive uh, on your own without any uh social interaction, right? Uh, mm. Because uh, human beings we are all social animals, right? So we we have to build connections and uh, especially, you know, in a in a completely new country, we we have to go out of our way. Mm-hmm. and get to know more people right so uh, absolutely man I, i i couldn't agree more with you yeah what else do you have like in terms of your mindset or in terms of your lifestyle do you see do you have any like changes now um in terms of my mindset i'd say you know uh, i i didn't really um, like uh, talking in public before i had a mm. big phobia of, of speaking in public uh, in fact it was one of my biggest fears right um, mm-hmm. talking in front of people um so overcoming that uh, that's probably been the proudest thing uh, you know for me uh, mm-hmm. just being able to present my ideas uh, talking in front of people uh, and being able to present whatever uh, is in my mind right uh, that's for me that's been the biggest mindset uh, shift for me mm-hmm. that's good to know it's, it's it's i like to ask this question to most of the people out there because you know like it's always different how people think how our perspectives are 
and I always like to like you know have at the same thing from a different angle. You know, I like to have like different angles and different perspective because I think that helps you understand anything. You know, like anything if you look at it from different perspective helps you understand that thing better. And that's what we're trying to do here, like understanding the stories of different international students out here. So I, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a good question to you know get to really you know know the kind of uh, journeys people have been through and you know mm. the breakthroughs they've had. It, it's a good question. It got me thinking as well. Yeah, it's always good to hear from like when you hear like different stories of different people who are in a similar situation like yours. You are somehow able to relate to them, and you know you get inspired by look just listening to some of the success stories or some of the people how they dealt with their problems. You know. or you might be having something like that for any of our listeners and they might be able to actually learn from it and solve it you know yeah, exactly so doing all this you are also a life coach right yes and you help people to basically gain confidence in their life or to find a map of their life right that's what a life um, coach does i'd say yes uh in you know certain ways uh mm-hmm. but there there's uh, there's a lot more right so i'd say life coaching is uh you know just the, that person is like you're like a compass right you uh are there for people to keep uh, them accountable so that uh, you mm-hmm. know the goals they set uh, you know oftentimes people set goals but they don't really follow through so mm-hmm. a life coach could help you be accountable uh uh to your goals right uh, for an instance right i think uh, mm. an example that really uh made this uh life coaching thing uh really click in my head is the fact that you know if uh, i uh, you know go to a gym with a gym body mm-hmm. uh, you know for for example it's uh, say today uh, is a rainy day right and i wake up and i feel like oh it's rainy and i don't really want to go to the gym but then my friend calls me up and he asks me what time i'll get to the gym mm-hmm. uh i i'm more likely to go to the gym than say oh no i, I won't come because i want to uh you know be true to my friend right i want mm-hmm. to uh not let my friend down so i will end up going to the gym because i uh, I, i am held accountable by by my friend right so mm. a life coach is uh, a friend in that sense because uh, uh what uh, we do is uh, you know we sit with you we uh you know look through your journey we look mm. through your priorities and you know we try to you know um find the real inner goal that you have uh, mm-hmm. because uh it's it's really to get confused what you really want and what you think you want right so mm. we just help you hear that voice and once you do hear that voice once you know what you want you also need someone to motivate you to show you the right uh I guess not show you the right just mm-hmm. to push you in the right direction by keeping you accountable mm-hmm. um that's predominantly the most important thing but there's also you know other work that goes behind uh, the scene uh, you know mm-hmm. once you start uh, going towards your target as uh, a client right you'll soon start noticing that there are things that are holding you back mm-hmm. so uh NLP uh neuro linguistics programming uh that also plays a big part in life coaching because once you start noticing all these uh patterns you need to make breakthroughs right because mm-hmm. uh you know after a certain age um you know you can't make changes in life by just uh thinking you make changes mm-hmm. uh it's it's uh that example where you know you don't want to do something but you mm. keep on doing it so mm. everyone has a vice right everyone has something that mm-hmm. they are guilty a guilty pleasure right so something you don't want to do but you keep on doing it anyway yeah so exactly and it's all because of a pattern you have right and mm-hmm. uh intervention for that pattern it's NLP and NLP is designed to help rewire you know that in your mind in mm-hmm. your neurology so that uh, you know you start uh, thinking of that uh thing in a different way mm-hmm. and you know prevent you from constantly falling back to the same pattern that you usually do in a, a specific situation mm-hmm. which might be letting you down right mm-hmm. because we all have habits that uh you know we are do. pulling us down in certain ways so 
finding how can that we, yeah. how can we like prevent something like that how can we like any habit like let's say smoking you know like you know that smoking is a bad habit for yourself but even knowing that we do keep on doing that you know like because somehow it helps us makes us feel good or we just addicted to it right so does neurolinguistic programming work on things like that too um see it's uh, it does uh, in fact i had a client uh, mm-hmm. who uh, was smoking i think uh, a packet of cigarette every two days mm-hmm. um so we started you know setting goals to reduce that so eventually he came down to i think a packet every two week right okay. uh, but yeah but you know the, there are people who quit and there's no one answer that fits everyone because mm-hmm. everyone has a different re- reason for smoking right mm. everyone has a different neuro linguistic uh, pathway that has been designed in their mm. uh, neurology uh, for that addiction right uh, so you have to work with someone who can help you so uh, a nlp practitioner a life coach i think that's where you'd probably need a person like that mm. uh, because uh, sometimes people don't even know i say in fact most of the times people don't really know mm. what the true reason for their addiction is right mm. uh, people think they know but they don't really know so that's what comes up a lot when we start doing uh, nlp work right mm-hmm. you, you start getting uh, these really surprising um, you know ideas knowledge uh, about the things uh, that you always did but mm. you didn't really know why you did it right so i've had those aha moments uh, quite a lot with my clients uh, mm-hmm. you know they go like oh wow i never thought this is the reason i did this particular thing mm-hmm. so uh i'd say you know life coaching nlp uh, i can't give you an exact technique because mm-hmm. everyone is different right but uh, getting someone to help uh, you with that is probably uh, a good point to start what do you actually do you know like let's say okay you have this habit you have figured out that you have this pattern right so what do you do so that you could actually change that so do you actually just work on their patterns or do you make them do things to change their habit or how does it work um this this uh quite uh, a lot of techniques and mm-hmm. everyone is different right so there's different things like timeline therapy mm-hmm. uh you know where you trace the timeline um, of that person's past and then try to find out at what point they started you know picking up that habit mm-hmm. and then you really go deep into that time and then you figure out you know what really was causing that uh, addiction and then you take it from there and then try to rewire that uh, there's mm-hmm. another uh, technique also called the switch pattern Mm-hmm. Now that's probably not going to work for smoking smoking is probably more deep rooted right so something mm-hmm. like timeline therapy would probably be what uh we'd be using for uh smoking mm-hmm. uh but you know there are, there are so many more techniques uh, so many more uh ways uh, that uh we can address the uh, addiction with and mm-hmm. you know it's it's really dependent on, on the person uh, because what technique works for me it mm-hmm. might not work for you right because uh, you know with uh, uh, nlp there are four different ways uh, where people learn right how mm-hmm. people learn so there are people who are very uh, visual you know they learn by seeing things mm-hmm. so you probably need to do more you know visual techniques with them mm-hmm. there are people who uh, feel uh, kinesthetic people so for them you want to make sure that you know whatever technique you're using they are really feeling everything you're doing right mm-hmm. so you can drive changes with them by becoming you know more uh, you know by uh, probably adopting more of a uh, you know kinesthetic method mm-hmm. and there are people who are uh, very audio uh, dominated in learning right they learn by listening mm-hmm. so for them you probably would want to use a technique that is predominantly focused on that Mm-hmm. and some people learn by doing right so yeah, it's it's really broad depends like depends upon the person such a broad yeah mm. do you have like concept. any examples that you know of where which kind of explains the neuro linguistic programming of a particular problem do you have anything like that um so 
off the top of my head, uh, you know, one breakthrough I had with uh, one of my clients that really jumps to my mind is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I had a, a client who, uh, you know, really struggled with uh, saying no. So mm-hmm. no matter what someone asked for, she always said yes, because uh, she just couldn't stand uh, saying no, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's and, something uh, like everyone, most of us will have problems and something we should learn how to say no. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, this this client <laughs> had it uh, really uh, at a detrimental effect, right? She mm-hmm. wasn't happy that she was saying yes, but she constantly said yes. She was constantly putting herself, uh, you know, last, right? She was... Mm-hmm. always worried about what other people would feel what they would think but she was never thinking about herself and mm-hmm. see it's it's fine to a certain extent but once it starts making you you know frustrated and angry that's where you know you know you need an intervention right so mm-hmm. my client you know one of these sessions we start talking about her goals and then we start looking at why she didn't achieve her goals right mm-hmm. and then she's like oh uh, I couldn't achieve these goals because I had to do this because this person asked me to do this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I didn't even want to do it. And I asked her why she didn't uh, do it, uh, why she did it, <clears throat> even though she didn't want to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, she was just telling me, you know, she didn't want to let uh, that person down. And then what I uh, started uh, doing was I started uh, using the timeline therapy uh, where I started, you know, finding the first... Mm-hmm. time when this happened and then you know how it made her feel and uh, i also tried to find more instances of uh, mm-hmm. where, when that happened when she uh, you know put others uh, first at her own detriment and then um, she came up with a big list mm-hmm. and then uh, i just uh, showed her you know how all of the these things they're all uh, you know at her detriment and they're not really helping uh mm-hmm. her you know uh, uh live her life to the fullest right and then uh i also discussed you know how it would feel for her mm-hmm. if she said no and then she achieved her goals right and then she started seeing this picture where you know she was this uh, confident uh, person who was putting mm-hmm. herself first she'd still help other people but not at her own detriment right mm-hmm. and uh see so yeah, after a couple mm-hmm. of months uh you know she came back to me and she's like this is the best thing that's ever happened to me mm-hmm. uh you know it's completely sw- switched the way i uh, you know deal with people mm-hmm. like she she's still you know a lovely person she still you know tries to help people but you know just the fact that i made her aware that you know this is a pattern she has which mm-hmm. she didn't realize she had right and once uh, she realized once uh, we went back to you know her past you know found more events of that happening she was like okay I, i need to stop doing this because it's it's costing me my you know mental health mm-hmm. uh and my mental well-being right so uh, th- that one was uh we didn't have to go through a lot of techniques that mm-hmm. one was you know just you know having that issue presented in front of her and then uh you know she was able to see how it affected her and then we were able to get her to a much 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 better place mm basically you were able to show her that whatever she was the, i think that's the thing with most of us out there like we know things but somehow it's hard for us to implement things or measures to you know like fix things see you know Do my you, my mm-hmm. my life coach right uh, because uh, when you say this my life coach you know what i remember what my life coach uh, said was mm-hmm. you know is that do do this for me and you know, put your hands up like me yeah, like put your hands up and then yeah put it in a face now uh-huh. uh can you really see the hand unless you're looking at your screen right you can't uh-huh. really see the front of your hand right because uh-huh. it's covering uh, it's covering your face right so you can't really see it because it's right in front of you right yeah but uh me on the other side i can see clearly that your hand is blocking your face and then you can probably see it clearly on my face as well right because yeah. you you're not inside my world you're outside right so you can see what is bothering me what mm-hmm. is affecting me more than what i probably can because you you're not uh associated with me directly in that sense right so yeah. you probably have a clearer vision of what is happening 
uh, with me that I might be missing. So that's that's probably what what it is. And yeah. uh, you know, the, the the minute I saw that, it, it it clicked something in me, and you know that that's when I realized it's it's really good to have someone who helps you with that. Uh, mm. And it's also always good to you know get advice from people, right? That's why we always ask uh, for advice from people close to mm. us because we might miss things that uh, uh, are happening right in front of us because we are so deep in that situation that we don't mm. really think like broadly, right? Because we can't because we are in that situation. Mm. Talking about mental health, like what is it? What do you mean by mental health? And what do you think are some of the issues that we are facing most of the international students which leads them to have those issues do you have any ideas about that um so that's that's a really good question right bigish mm-hmm. uh, uh so in terms of mental health mental health is a, a really uh, broad topic you know it's, mm-hmm. it's like physical health right uh, it's just exactly uh Uh, I think something that we don't really talk about a lot. I think for for a lot of people, mental health is uh, probably a really deep word where people think, okay, mental exactly. Health That's what like, I want to open up. Like, what do you mean by mental health? You know, yeah, it, it's just the health of your, you know, well-being of your, mm. you know, how you feel inside of your mind, pretty mm. much, right? Uh, and uh, it's 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 like physical health, right? We talk about physical health a lot, health a lot, but mm. uh, for some reason, there's a lot of stigma. about mental health uh, but from what i understand mental health is just about your you know health uh, in terms of your mind right if you're feeling good mm-hmm. if you're not feeling good um, i guess the only challenge with uh, mental health is is it's hard to see someone struggling because mm-hmm. you know someone has a broken leg you know their physical health is bad mm-hmm. right but how do you know who someone's struggling uh, mentally right so that's that's probably yeah. a big uh, challenge Uh, but yeah i think mental health is you know this uh, the state of your mind and how you feel inside inside of your head pretty much and, and what do you mean by mental health issues now mental health issues would be anything you know that's affecting the state of your uh, mental health right so anything mm-hmm. that's probably bothering your uh, you know spirituality your mind anything that makes you not feel good Mm. anything that uh you know it makes you anxious gives you stress you know and uh, for some people when it gets really bad anything that might get you depressed uh it mm. could be a wide range of those things right so it could be could be a lot of things or um, different people uh, you know what might be a mental health uh, issue for me what mm. might be bothering me might not bother someone else mm. so it's i think that's where physical health and mental health uh, gets you know really separated because physical health uh, issues they're probably really similar for a lot of people which mm. is which is why it is a lot easier to understand but mental health issues you know i think that the best example is you know we think rich people they should not have issues because they have all the money in the world mm. right mm. Uh, they have uh, everything they uh, we think they want but you know often it's rich people who uh, have the most mental health issues right mm. because people put them under the pressure that they shouldn't be talking about mental health issues because they have everything they have so bigger problems yeah so it's i think mental health issue is really tricky to explain because mm. it's it's really subjective yes it's basically it's we can say this maybe like it's basically it could be anything but something that's affecting your mental health something that's making you feel abnormal or feel bad or feel upset or you know feel sad for a longer period of time uh yes yes anything that affects your mental health uh, mm-hmm. i'd guess that that would be a mental health issue and when we come to our cohort what do you think are some of the main issues that might be causing us to have a bad mental health um i'd say the the biggest one i see is probably you know just homesickness mm-hmm. uh, being away from your family being away from the friends that you built uh, through your lifetime and then having to give up on all of that 
mm-hmm. and move to a new country you miss out on on all of those things right and uh you know i think right now because of covid uh, mm. none of us have been able to go back home uh, for an extended time right so mm. right now for me i think that's probably uh, been causing the most amount of grief amongst uh, our cohort uh, of uh, nepali you know mm-hmm. international and nepali students uh, and uh, i think that's probably what stands up most uh and uh thinking about another thing i think would be just the struggle that you know we have to go through as an international student to become mm. a permanent resident i think that's what causes uh, a lot of stress as well yeah uh yeah. because you know you have to move to a different place a different state uh, you know where you probably don't know a lot of people you mm. have to resettle is it's like you know coming to Australia for the first time pretty much right you're going to mm. a new place for the first time and then building everything from the scratch and uh it's still not certain that you know you'll get your you know PR sorted out in a particular mm. amount of time right so that's another thing that uh, affects uh you know mental health uh, mm. of a lot of international students and i think the last one not the least right is mm-hmm. it's probably relationship issues mm-hmm. which probably people don't talk about a lot right like i hear so many stories about people getting separated people getting mm-hmm. divorced and i think that's uh that's probably you know another issue and uh you know i i did podcast with uh, you know thriving search uh, mm-hmm. we we had a guest uh, bharti di mm-hmm. and she works as a mental health nurse right and she told me that she she used to i mean she still gets a lot of uh, you know nepali uh people from the nepali background who mm-hmm. uh, come uh, for you know sessions because uh, they've had really bad relationships really mm-hmm. bad uh, you know breakups really bad divorces and she even said you know relationships are probably the number one cause of uh, depression in mm-hmm. uh, the nepali community right now so okay. probably relationships yeah So yeah that's, that's all of those points man i can relate to them in one way or the other one of the things which causes depression or which makes you feel like you're feeling depressed is when you're isolated out here you know like you're living on your own and you don't talk much to any person or people especially with its covid times too because i used to go through that a lot when like when we had like two weeks of break somehow instead of enjoying it I started feeling like isolated or I started feeling lonely antisocial you know and that causes a lot of you know like feelings where it starts to get one after another and you start feeling upset about small things you start getting irritated or agitated that happens and as you say relationships is a big thing like there is I wouldn't say it's a culture but I can see a lot of people who get married just to come here you know Uh, there are lots of even other cases whose relationship changes completely after coming here and i guess for those people to be blunt and honest like they were never meant to be together you know it was i think for me myself marriage is something that should be done with proper understanding when you are matured enough and when you understand yourself first i guess before you start and go out and share it with someone else but people get people are getting married after like they clear their high school just to come here you know there are lots of cases like that and i think those kinds of cases are mostly the ones like you just explained about where they get divorced or, you know the relationship goes bad and at that age there's with already a lot of pressure out here with study and work and that's just like another thing to add to the reasons that might cause mental health problems exactly uh i i completely agree i think people do get married just for the, the visa purpose mm-hmm. uh, and you know p- people have different reasons for that right so mm. uh, i don't know what it is but i i think like you said a lot of people do end up getting uh, you know bad breakups you know bad divorces because mm-hmm. that's the kind of uh, setup they had before they come here and you know other people as well you know some people is it works for some people you know when they get married at 18 but i think mm-hmm. for most people i think it's too early to marry because you're still learning a lot about yourself right exactly i feel like exactly. you know 
I feel like I was a different person when I was 18 to when I am now. I, I am too. So man. much, you know. Exactly. There's so much change that I that I have had uh, in my mind, in my, you know, uh, way of seeing the world. It's it's you know completely different from how I uh, saw the world when I was 18, right? So I, I completely agree that you know there's probably uh, a certain age which. wouldn't work 18 is probably a certain age which wouldn't work for most people in terms of marriage i think that's in my perspective too soon just like you said yeah it's my too man like it's what i think too like when you get ma- married marriage i don't know it's just me again i'm not against marriage or anything i'm just saying that maybe you should know yourself better you know like 18 18 years old you're just a child you just got out of teen age and you you just don't even know how the real world works i guess especially when you come from place like ours where we have never worked or never worked and studied together for most of us you know so dealing with that and you don't know yourself you get married then you have a lot of that clash where you want to do things but you can't do them because you're already married you know <laughs> and i yes. think that's when because i have seen a few cases like that you know like you come here you get married you come here and you see different options and opportunities and you are not matured enough to make a decision that okay i'll just stick to this one and it's hard because you're young and you have all those hormones and testosterone's going out there which is full of energy and you want to do things and once you get limited It's a message with your mind. You know? I think that's just my case. <laughs> Again, it's not like everyone's case. No, I think I, I, I think you know, eighteen. I completely agree. I think eighteen is probably too soon for most people, right? There, there might mm. be a you know an odd case where it it still works out, but you know, I think for most people, you're still not uh, you know sure about the things you want in life at eighteen, mm. right? Eighteen is a, a discovery phase. because you're getting out in the world you're becoming an adult and you're becoming independent right mm. so everything that comes with that dealing with that and you know just uh, understanding the way things work i think uh, that all takes uh, a toll on you right so i think mm. it's probably best not to rush you know relationship when you're 18 uh, especially you know getting married that's probably a step too far at 18 mm. in my opinion as well Also I think it's just a wrong reason to get married you know just to come here Absolutely. people never I don't think people never do like proper research regarding what is it like living here you know they just see others going out and they just think that it's all you know like green grass and blue skies when you go there it's going to be a great I just was having this conversation with my mom this morning like how even her friends and their children are coming to australia not because they have a proper goal or anything it's just because that's the trend right now out there you know like everyone wants to go abroad yeah i yeah i think it's it's not the, the best reason to get married and mm-hmm. it's it's most likely not going to end uh in a successful marriage right because you're only getting married for mm-hmm. uh, the, the visa right but well, i do also understand in some instances you know people might be struggling financially they mm-hmm. want to split the cost that that's probably you know some that's the cases where yeah. i think most of the cases are like that on it's for the financial reasons and everything yeah i do i do get you know friends asking me why nepalese uh, you know you guys get married so quick and I, i i i can never explain why because i i don't know what to say uh but it is, it is you know for some people i think it's the only option in mm. that case i guess you have to say okay yeah, fair enough mm. but if you if you have the option to you know be able to come by yourself i think it's that's probably a lot better because you know you're not getting married for the wrong reason like mm. uh, you know you just said before as well right if you can afford to come on your own it's probably going to be more freedom for you because you you are your own person you're doing your own thing right um, exactly whereas you know once you come married like yeah you'd probably be responsible for another person as well exactly and you'd have to not only think about yourself you'd have to also think about that person at the age of 18 um which is probably an age where uh, most of us we are probably only thinking about ourselves right mm-hmm. not about other people 
We don't know shit, man. I think looking back at 1819, I didn't know shit, man. Like anything except then for like going to uni or going to college, coming back home and those friend circle. I don't think you know anything more than that during that age. But yeah, and another thing as you were talking about visa and visa PR condition, it it it's a it's it is a stressor for most of us, you know. Like it's like a thing we have to do and we're so because I had been through that where I was so much stressed thinking about PR and what's going to happen that I used to have anxiety attacks during work. So it is another thing that we it is an essential thing like like we can't just ignore it because without PR we won't be able to do anything but I think we need to also realize that that's not everything and if we don't get that that's not the end of life or end of everything you know there are other things in life to look after or you know give your time to rather than worrying about if you're going to get the PR or not what's your take on that I I I agree I think you know sometimes these things aren't uh, under your control right uh, you might think you've done everything that uh, you you were meant to do in order to get your mm. permanent presidency but it might still not work out right exactly. and if all you were trying to do was get your PR you don't even have a PR and you haven't even done what you like doing right So in that sense you're losing everything but at least you know if you do something you like mm. you're like oh, yeah, I, I didn't get my PR but I I still uh, you know I I still do something I love and I'm happy because of that exactly so, uh, it's it's pro- probably you know better to do what you like doing uh, and think about the PR as a a, a byproduct pretty much right if you exactly. do something uh, you'll probably you know get your PR uh, unless you know the 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 job is not uh, the skill is not in the occupation list mm-hmm. that might but still you know i think pr you get a, you, you never know what uh, might happen in when the rules the might change year, when the conditions right? might change yeah you never know so it's not under your control so i think it's probably better to think about what you want mm. and probably try to find out ways that might fit into the pr if you can but if you can't then i think it's probably worth uh just you know following your passions right following mm. hard because i i don't think anyone's been sad by following what they actually believed in mm. but i know you know people who just uh, changed the pr and not uh, you know had the results that they wanted and it it's a very toxic situation right it, it's it, it gets uh in your head and it it really drags you down mm. so it's it's yeah i i prefer you know if people think more about what really makes them happy than uh a pr or something mm-hmm. yeah P- i i pr is just a part of life like do whatever you have to do if you have, there are certain exams that needs to be given if there are certain course you need to have have it and just let it be you know you can't just keep on stressing about it all the time another thing that comes with all of this is is the time management i think we lack that skill of time managing because at the end of the day it all comes about managing your time right because all of us has the same amount of time but some people could do great things with the same time whereas most of us just sit there complaining about things whining about things instead of doing things you know what's your exactly. take on time management how do you manage your time what are some of the things that you have learned about time management time management uh, it's it's i think it's all about balancing you know what you want to achieve in life mm-hmm. while also making sure that you know you also look after your physical and mental health right so uh it's it's tricky because you know if you're working studying at the same time it's probably a lot harder uh, i used to remember back in my university i had mm. no time management i was only doing things <laughs> just to keep up to the pace right like i had to work i had to study i had to do my assignments mm. so there wasn't a lot of time management uh when i was studying so a lot of people who are listening maybe they they are going through the same, same phase mm. so it's probably just about you know trying to keep up with that pace you know yeah. just Uh, there's probably not a lot i can uh, you know tell in that regards but for you know people who are probably doing this you know, mostly work uh, mm. uh, and aren't studying at the moment uh, i think for those people time management you know there are, there are different things like you know 
scheduling things that you want to do in a calendar you know mm-hmm. if you're trying to uh, if you're aiming for you know reading 10 pages in a, in 10 pages of a book every day just put mm-hmm. that in your calendar because you might you know not do it unless it's there right so uh, i i found that you know putting things in the calendar does help because yeah. uh, it's just a reminder for you to uh, you know uh do that thing because it's on your phone now right and mm-hmm. you get a reminder before the event starts so maybe allocate whatever time you want to work on whatever that it is mm-hmm. maybe you're uh working on a side hustle maybe you're working on a youtube channel whatever it is allocate some time uh mm-hmm. within a day and then put it on your calendar so that's uh that's one thing that uh, i found really helpful and the second thing i'd say uh having a friend you know uh having mm-hmm. a friend uh, that keeps you accountable that uh is i think also a really crucial mm-hmm. thing um, that is helpful because uh that that is super helpful because you are more likely to, to follow through with things if there's mm-hmm. a friend who's also doing something together with you because you're uh, now held accountable because you don't want to look like the person who's not doing anything right mm-hmm. because we all had that part in us who doesn't want to do anything right we just want to sit there be lazy but you know there are people like that too bro <laughs> group assignments there are people like that too <laughs> i mean see i think there's that part in everyone right i think uh-huh. i i think who have uh, uh both uh, you know that energetic self and mm. a really lazy self right and i think a lot of people tend to you know feed the lazy self more so they mm, they are mm. uh, you know constantly taking the side of the lazy self whereas you know some people they are constantly you know taking the side of the energetic self right mm-hmm. and i think we all have both of these parts and i think you know finding good uh, circle of people mm-hmm. i think that can be really helpful for you to tap into your energetic self and if you got a really you know bad circle of friends you, you might start mm. feeding your lazy self more and you might become less productive because you know all you want to do is relax you know hang out with these mm. people and chill because you want to fit in right so i think it, it's important to know which uh, part you want to feed what mm-hmm. what is going to help you achieve your goals uh, long term right is it the you know lazy self or is it the energetic self so mm. I think you have I don't to think, make a choice. Yeah, I don't think we like sit down and make that plan, you know, like this is what I want to do so this is to be done. We we just go along with the flow, you know, like again, the yeah, main that's, that's that's a problem, right? If if you're always going with the flow, you're not mm. going anywhere, right? Imagine a boat in a river. If you're mm. just going with the flow, do you reach a destination? Ocean. You don't, right? Somewhere yeah, in so, the ocean. <laughs> maybe you know maybe this example makes more sense to more people so you know imagine opening up a google map mm-hmm. app on your phone and asking it uh, to take you anywhere mm. because you're going with the flow like you're not going to reach anywhere right yeah you still need goals you still need uh, a, a destination that you want to reach mm. so that's i think that's where you need to also put your thoughts into what you really want to achieve otherwise mm. you're not going to get inspired you're not going to feel motivated right because Mm. we only get motivated if the goals that we have are inspiring mm. and motivating right so i think see anyone who's not uh, doing goal setting or doesn't mm. have a seven year vision i i highly recommend uh, you know yeah, creating that uh, seven year vision yeah when it comes to time management i've also been that's something that i've learned after coming here like prioritizing things first of all like writing down what are the things you want to do and what are the things you need to do and after that prioritizing things and as you said scheduling them throughout the week or throughout the month okay i'll give this much of time this day here at this point of time this day here and that's how you go on you know like depending on what is important maybe something there is something that you need to do today that there may be something that you could do like after a week you know so looking at the calendar and putting them in wherever you can fix them that is something that i've learned about the time management itself and with the time management mm-hmm. thing the other thing is that it doesn't matter how much you manage it's all it's uncertain it's like if you don't do anything it's like 100% uncertain you know but if you do something 
it decreases that uncertainty but somehow everything is uncertain out here you know like you don't know what's going to happen in two years of time you don't know what's going to happen in one years of time it's just that you set a goal and go after that so that even if you don't reach there with 100% accuracy at least you reach there with even 50% you know even if you reach there by like 50% accuracy i think that's better than not having a goal and just going blindfolded i i agree it's it's having a goal is a lot a lot better than you know just going uh, blindfolded because you'll, you'll never know where you'll reach if you mm. don't know the destination right so it's 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 crucial i i'd say to uh, be achieving you know the life that you want mm mm-hmm. yeah it's different man and again most of us don't even know who we are or who want to be i think that's another question we should be asking ourselves you know like who we are who do we want to be and based on that make the decisions based on that use our time properly you know exactly and you know that's see when people some people want to figure that out but they're mm. probably struggling right and i think for that reason as well it's it's good to have a life coach if you, yeah. you find yourself yeah. in a situation where you want to do something but you don't know where to start right because mm. see yeah I I probably just want to explain this to people who who are listening who are watching this. Mm. You know, uh, there's there's a difference between a life coach and uh, a psychiatrist or a therapist, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a therapist, a psychiatrist, they are more you know dealing with uh, people who are going through uh, you know severe cases of mental health issues, right? Like depression. Mm. Um. So uh, you know, life coaches aren't there. Uh, to help you through depression right uh, life coaches are uh, to help you achieve the best life that you can achieve so mm-hmm. there's there when you're feeling uh, you know okay maybe not uh, very you know uh, content but not you know depressed right that's mm-hmm. that's mostly for a therapist or a confused state. Uh, you know medical practitioner yeah but if you're you know feeling okay or maybe you're feeling like you're not doing uh, a lot in your life Mm-hmm. Uh, a life coach can be that person who helps you uh you know make your life uh, 100% mm-hmm. by showing you the the things that are within you that you probably haven't tapped into so mm-hmm. if you want to unlock your potential life coaches are are really good for that yeah i heard a lot about that i've been in contact with a lot of life coaches these days and i might try that someday not now because it's kind of, because i have found that life coaches are kind of expensive to write i'd say uh, the expense is not you have to think of it as an investment mm-hmm. it's not an expense because if you're tapping your potential if you're living at 100% mm-hmm. uh i wouldn't really think of that as an expense it's more of an investment right mm. uh, it depends on what your goals are what your priorities are so say example you know getting a life coach helps you increase your business by 20% mm. is that really expensive or is that just an investment into your business mm. so it depends you know what your uh, thought process is but yeah. i'd say you know yeah. refrain from see, i i try to not think of anything as expensive i just try to think of ways where i can afford something right like what mm-hmm. do i have to do to be able to afford that uh, that's yeah. the question I I ask myself because uh, if you start thinking of things as being expensive you'll always live in a you know poverty mindset right you'll always mm-hmm. think that you know things are too expensive I can't afford them and uh, you know if you have that kind of a mindset it'll be very hard to attract money mm-hmm. um I don't know how much you believe in law of attraction but see you by saying things are expensive we are pretty much uh, you know saying money uh, I I am not ready for you right mm mm-hmm. So it's it's like a small thing but it makes a big impact. Yeah. And that's a good way to look at it. I've never thought about it like that. You know, like thinking it as an investment instead of, you know, like an expense. But exactly. that's thing you, you need to see. Know, right? Yeah, you need to be a little bit of visionary for that, I guess, you know, like, where you can see that okay, I'm doing this there this much of expenses, but how is it much more fruitful for me in future or in the longer term, you know? Yeah. I'd say you know you don't have anything to do right so you try it you see it you know you do a couple of sessions and then mm-hmm. you can see the results right mm-hmm. uh you if you're thinking that you can think in advance what you uh 
would achieve by life coaching you're probably you know thinking too much right because you can't it's like you know thinking about what will happen in the next world cup match before you have even watched it right <laughs> whatever yeah. happens happens in the match right uh, you have to play the match in order to know what happens so you mm-hmm. have to do life coaching in order to know what it does for you right maybe it helps you maybe it doesn't if it does you can continue if it doesn't you can always say okay mm. it's not working for me i'll probably try something else right yeah because i i think you have to try uh, everything in order to really explore uh, who you are as a person and you know mm. do whatever you know helps you to be your best version right yeah and i think life coaching is one of those things that that I found you know for me it's been super super helpful and mm-hmm. it's really helped my confidence you know without you know all the personal development work I've done over the last few years mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to you know talk to you like this in this podcast uh, or also you know I did a series of podcasts uh, with Thriving Coach as well mm. I wouldn't have been able to done I, I wouldn't have been able to do that uh, without uh, all that work that I've uh, done mm. by investing my money and time right i've invested uh you know money into those courses uh mm. and you know my life coaches as well and uh for me all of those uh, have been more than worth it because i've become so much you know better than what i was 3 mm. years ago yeah i'd say for me it worked for you, for you you you'd have to try it before you know it does or it won't personal development is just another thing that we should look into It, I think it again comes back to like trying to know yourself better, you know, like or who you want to be and just work on that, I think. But you need to think about yourself. How are you going to develop yourself not only in terms of like having a degree or a certain amount of money, but in terms of your mental health in terms of your thinking, knowledge, wisdom, you know. It's personal development. What are you doing to develop yourself? Not just how much money are you earning or how much of asset you have so you should look at it from a broader perspective i guess exactly you know whatever you work on as a person that stays with you you know mm-hmm. money might be with you today may not be with you tomorrow it's it's not you know permanent right um, yeah. but whatever you've learned in your life uh, it stays with you mm. and no one can take that away from you right so personal development is you know everything that adds to uh your value as a person so that mm-hmm. you know you can then you know serve value to the community to other people right yeah but at the end of the day you know people who get uh, you know respected who get the most you know value uh, are people who can give uh, other people value as well right yeah so personal development is just you know that thing that helps you become you know that that person who can serve uh, other people better so I I think you know it's really crucial to always 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 work on yourself. Yeah, good to know that. That's the thing. So, let's talk about Upeksha for now. We're almost at the end of the podcast. So, what is Upeksha and what are you trying to do with it? Upeksha is uh you know my uh, initiative along with Sunena uh, mm-hmm. to build a better world uh, where people are you know more at peace and mm-hmm. uh living at 100% mm-hmm. and uh you know we we are making that impact uh one person at a time right mm-hmm. so it, it's our life coaching business that uh we uh we started and uh we we are doing a, a wide variety of things uh, at the moment uh, we are doing a clubhouse every friday at 9 pm uh, mm-hmm. sydney time and uh the idea is we'll slowly you know once uh, covid is finished we'll start doing uh, seminars as well uh, probably mm-hmm. monthly seminars uh which will be free of course uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that you can come to the seminar and then we can talk about uh you know neurolinguistics programming mm-hmm. we can also talk about life coaching and uh probably just give you a taste of what it feels like uh, to just you know uh maybe show you a glimpse of what uh, life coaching can do for you mm-hmm. uh, um and uh, eventually our plan is to you know be able to serve more people as a life coach and uh, eventually you know uh, help as many people as uh, life coaches because uh, mm. we're both you know life coaches and NLP practitioners we just want to be able to practice that more uh, 
in terms of our business and help more people um that, that's that's the goal for us mm-hmm. so if anybody wants to get this kind of life coaching sessions do you have like a free session or something before you start having your life coach or anything like that yes so we do do discovery sessions uh mm-hmm. but you know there's uh, only a limited uh, number of discovery sessions that we do every month uh, mm-hmm. I'd say maybe around uh, three or four sessions every month uh, for discovery sessions. And mm-hmm. that's only one discovery session per person, right? So that uh, you get to see uh, what the future sessions would look like uh, mm-hmm. before you you know, decide whether or not to uh, pursue the life coaching uh, session. Mm-hmm. So we do have discovery sessions, yes. Okay, so are the discovery sessions like a personal one-to-one session or it's like a group session? it's a personal one to one session yeah okay cool yeah i just wanted to let my listeners if someone is interested to know that you can actually go out and have a particular session where you could know more about that and then you can decide like would you like to do that or not right yes all right then abine that's all for me right now i had i think we covered all that we wanted to talk about from my side is there anything else you would like to talk about here um no i think you you asked really good questions because and i think we've uh, we probably talked uh, about everything uh, i thought we would be talking about so mm-hmm. uh, nothing that jumps to my mind all right then in that case thank you very much obnes for coming here for giving us your time uh thanks for having me here because all right then see you soon see ya If you like this video hit subscribe. You can listen to the full podcast in YouTube, Anchor, Apple Podcasts and Spotify.